sunshine we had a great week at VBS uh, I think the slide up there said we were averaged over 70 kids per night so that is a great uh, great number for VBS um, it was a lot of fun uh, kids had a great time I'm sure there are lots of cookies being eaten um, so it was a good week for sure uh, I know I was in charge of activities and I know they'll uh, definitely wear you out so uh, but it was but it was really good uh, also, if you see me squinting, you heard me talk about uh, my eyesight here a few weeks ago, and then I left the house, and when I got here, I realized I didn't have my glasses, so 
Uh, as important as, uh, as those are, um, I definitely need those right now, but if you see me squinting, it's because I forgot them this morning. So uh, let's get started off with a prayer. God, we thank you for just allowing us to be here again this morning, dear Lord. We thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for the rain. Uh, we thank you for the life that's growing outside. Um, God, I just ask that you uh, watch over us today, um, help us to settle down, um, and just uh, take what Dave is uh, going to give us in the lesson today to heart and, and help us use it and apply it in our lives. Um, God, I just want to thank you for all your many blessings that you give us each and every day, and it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. You are the words and the music. You are the song that I sing. You are the melody. You are the harmony. Praise to your name I will bring. You are the Lord of lords. You are the mighty God. You are the King of all kings. So now I give back to you the song that you gave to me. You are the song that I sing.
power of his name, I believe. So there's three songs, but we'll sing this, Jesus' name above all names, uh, through twice. Jesus' name above all names, beautiful Savior, from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope 
to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that we can give him, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for all the wonderful blessings you've given to us. Thank you for the beautiful day that you've given us, for the weather. Thank you for the sunshine and the rain. Father, sometimes we miss some of the blessings you give us because you shower us with them, because we're surrounded by them. Like, like fish swimming in water, we don't realize that the water is there. We don't see the blessings that you shine down upon us because there's so many of them. Father, open our eyes. Help us see all the blessings that you give us. Father, we pray that this worship today will be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You are beautiful beyond description. Too marvelous for words, too wonderful for comprehension. By nothing ever seen or I will. 
of the Lord's Supper, I just want to read a passage of Scripture from uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, just the first nine verses. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who ride, reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithany, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, that you may obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in fullest measure. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, and undefiled, and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials, that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with, with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. That's good news. And... Uh, the reason we're gathered here around this table to remember and celebrate, uh, as it says there, I can't say it better than, than the Lord through Peter, uh, to celebrate uh, the shed blood of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. He was killed, but death couldn't hold him down. And uh, because of him, death's not going to hold us down either. And uh, one day we'll all, uh, as it says here, uh, get our reward in heaven. So let's pray. Our Father, things of this world uh, at times uh, fog our mind. Uh, 
and we know that, that Satan is involved in that. Father, we're thankful uh, that, that we have you and your love. We're thankful that you've solved the real problems in this life already for us by sending your son, Jesus Christ. It's his blood that is sprinkled on us daily. And because of him, uh, you see us as yours. And we are thankful for that. I just pray that this morning as we each uh, partake of, of this bread uh, that represents the, the body that was, that was given on the cross, I pray that each one will, will just realize the importance of it, realize the significance of it, realize how much you love us, and then each one will examine ourselves uh, just, just so we can be more aligned with you and your ways. We know, Father, that, that your ways are the good ways for us. We know that as our Father, uh, you've given us these ways because you want us to be blessed. You care for us. Uh, again, we pray that each one will be blessed uh, by being here this morning and partaking of this. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, let's pray again. Father, again, we're thankful for your son's shed blood, which cleanses us from our sins. I just pray this morning that this uh, act that we do here together will help us to refocus our mind and eyes on you as we begin a new week. And we pray that um, we can live in a way that would be pleasing uh, to you. And we pray that everything that we do, we will give the glory to you and your son, Jesus Christ. In his name, amen.
Send the kids off to children's Bible time. Jesus is Lord, my Lord, come quickly. 
sunshine. I want to start out by saying God is good. Amen. Um, Bill, I appreciate his prayer this morning. He had no idea what I was going to preach about this morning. No idea. But, but God guides things. And I believe 100% that he guides my life. Uh, so this morning, I want to start out talking about a story that happened to me. When I was still in high school, uh, my sister became a Christian. And I was not going to the church. I was going to a denominational church. And I got really angry. I got really angry with her that she was splitting the family. She wanted to go a different direction. So when I got ready to go to college, I was all set to go to Ohio University. I thought I had a scholarship there. I, I applied, I accepted, everything. Well, I found out, come to find out, that I did not have a scholarship at Ohio University, but I did have a scholarship at Ohio State University, and I hadn't even applied, and the date to put in applications was long past. So I went up to Ohio State, I talked to some people, and I got in. Within two weeks, two or three weeks of arriving on campus, a campus of 50,000 students, I met the guy who was going to lead me to Christ. Over the course of the fall semester, we talked back and forth. Uh, he told me uh, things that I'd never heard. Uh, he talked to me about what baptism was and all these things. And I would go back to the denominational church, and I'd talk to the preacher there, and I'd get all these uh, reasons why what we did was okay. And I'd go back, and, and he would, the guy that I was talking to up at Columbus was just nailing them one by one, saying, you know. 
So at the end of the fall quarter, I went back, uh, went back home to, uh, to Waverly and to the denominational church where I'd been going. I had all these things in my mind. I was thinking about what had been said. And the Sunday before I went back to uh, Columbus to start the winter quarter, it was a Sunday morning, and there was a point in the service where somebody, they just said, somebody call out a song to sing. And the song that was called out was, <clears throat> was open my eyes that I may see. <clears throat> it's number 830 in our songbooks. I want to read you the words of that song. <clears throat> open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hands the wonderful key that shall unclasp and set me free. Silently now I wait for thee, ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my eyes, illumine me, spirit divine. Open my ears that I may hear voices of truth thou sendest clear. And while the wave notes fall on my ear, everything false will disappear. Silently now I wait for thee, ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my ears, illumine me, spirit divine. Open my heart and let me bear gladly the warm truth everywhere. Open my heart and let me prepare love with thy children thus to share. Silently now I wait for thee, ready my God, thy will to see. Open my heart, illumine me, spirit divine. At that point, I crashed. I knew what I had to do. I went back to Ohio State. I called the guy and I said, we've got to talk. That Wednesday night, I was baptized. In my heart, I wanted to follow Jesus. That was in my heart. I wanted to follow Jesus. And through God's leading, through God's blessings, I found that truth. The idea comes from the Old Testament. He said, go and tell his people, be ever hearing, but never understanding. Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of the people calloused. Make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. This concept is several times in the Old Testament, several times copied over into the New Testament. Jesus and the apostles all quoted this same scripture. Israel had closed their eyes, their ears, and their heart to God. They had decided, they had made up their minds that they knew how things were. They had made up their minds that they knew this is the way things are. And they weren't going to change their minds. They'd calloused their heart. They'd, they had, had closed their eyes. And they'd stopped hearing. 
So the first part of the lesson this morning is open my eyes. This is from Acts chapter 28, verses 24 through 28. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said through the Isaiah the prophet, <clears throat> Go to this people and say, You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For the people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. Therefore I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. This is Paul talking uh, the same scripture from Isaiah. Many of the Jews had closed their eyes. They had decided that they knew exactly how things were. They knew exactly what they needed to be doing. They had closed their eyes. They were spiritually blind. You know, in a way, being spiritually blind is worse than being physical blind, physically blind because you don't know it. If we're physically blind, we know we can't see. But if we're spiritually blind, if we have spiritual blindness, we may not even realize how blind we are. We may not even realize, just like I did when, when I was uh, growing up, I didn't realize when I went to Ohio State how blind I was. But I wanted to follow Christ. Their decision was to close their eyes. They didn't want to see the truth. Even though people were telling them, even though Jesus was telling them, even though his disciples were telling them, they closed their eyes and didn't want to see. So Paul was sent to the Gentiles because he said they would see. The Gentiles had an open heart and an open mind. They hadn't closed their eyes to the possibility that Jesus was the Christ, <clears throat> that there was a different way of doing things, that there was a different way of serving God. Now get up and stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant, as a witness to what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. This is Paul describing his experience on the road where he saw Jesus, where he met Jesus. And Paul's goal was to open their eyes to God. That was Paul's goal to the Jews. That was Paul's goal to the Gentiles, to open their eyes to, to God, to give them the truth, to show them what the truth really was. In many places in the Bible, blindness is equated to darkness and seeing is equated to light. So, Paul said his instructions was to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. To open their eyes and get them to see 
yes, Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the one who can save them and be a difference in their lives. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to your goodness knowledge, and to your knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Peter is pointing out the need for growth to grow. You can't be stagnant. You can't just be sitting there. You've got to be growing in your life and drawing closer to God. But if we don't have these things, <clears throat> if we don't have these things and growing in these things, then Peter says we're blind. We aren't seeing what God wants us to see. We aren't seeing God working in our lives. And God does work in our lives. I'm 100% convinced of it. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them, for you were once in darkness, but now you are our light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. We need to be sure that we have our eyes open to God and open to what he wants in our lives. He wants us to live our lives in the light of God. He wants us to live our lives in the light. And so many times we talk about living, we talk about walking. Living and walking are active pursuits. They're active verbs. It's not like you can be sitting here and... and and live and walk, you've got to be moving. You've got to be actively pursuing it. We need to have our eyes wide open to God. Open our eyes that we can see what God wants us to do. Not choosing to keep our eyes closed. Not choosing to say, okay, I'm, I believe I'm okay. I, I know everything's okay. But to open our eyes to what Jesus is calling us to do choosing to see the truth that God puts in front of us. So we need to open our eyes to God, but we also need to open our ears <clears throat> to what he has to say to us. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp and put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out in the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. <coughs> Jesus spoke many parables in, in his life and his teaching. This is just one of them. And, and after many of these parables and analogies, he would say, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. The Jewish leaders weren't listening. They, they weren't listening to what Jesus had to say. Jesus asked them to listen 
and to listen to the truth. He asked them to listen. Here's what the truth is. I'm laying it out in front of you. Please listen to what I'm saying. Jesus asked them to listen to the truth. This is Matthew chapter 13, verses 13 through 17. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are you, blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. For truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Jesus was explaining and talking to the disciples here. He was explaining why he talked in parables and why he, 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 he said all these parables. The Jewish leaders' hearts were calloused. The, the idea of callous, I said when, when I went to college, my heart was calloused. The idea is it's thick skin, not able to penetrate, not able to get through, tough, not able to get through. So... Jesus said that their hearts were calloused. They had become calloused. Many Jews had a mindset. And here's what he's really saying. They had a mindset. They said, I know this is the way things are. When, when I was growing up, when I was in high school, I thought I had a clear perception of how things were. I had a mindset. This is how things are. They were convinced, and I was convinced, in my way of thinking. And I was un they were unwilling to listen to anything that contradicts it. I was listening. I was listening and trying to refute what the Christians were saying. But the Jews, the Pharisees, were unwilling to listen. They just didn't even open their ears to hear. The Jewish, had a, the Jewish leaders had a mindset of what they expected in the Messiah, and, and Jesus just wasn't it. So what he said was to the disciples, he said the prophets wanted to see and hear about Jesus. The prophets were looking forward to the Messiah. They wanted to hear about Jesus. They didn't have the opportunity. They said, you have the opportunity. We have the opportunity to hear about Jesus and hear his words. This is from Ezekiel chapter 12, verses 1 through 6. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, you are living among a rebellious people. They have eyes to see but do not see, and ears to hear but do not hear. For they are a rebellious people. Therefore, son of man, pack your belongings for exile, and in the daytime, as they watch, set out and go from where you are to another place. Perhaps they won't understand, though they are a rebellious people. During the daytime, while they watch, bring out your belongings packed for exile. Then in the evening, while they were, are watching, go out like those who go into exile. 
while they watch, dig through the wall and take your belongings through, belongings out through it. Put them on your shoulder and carry them as they are watching and carry them out at dusk. Cover your face so that you cannot see the land, for I've made you a sign to the Israelites. This is Ezekiel. Now, we have to remember that Ezekiel was in Babylon. Ezekiel was a prophet that left in one of the first uh, exoduses, the first uh, people taken out to captivity to Babylon. And there was like three different uh, taking out of Jerusalem to Babylon. And he was one of the first. The people in Babylon had decided, oh, God is never going to destroy Jerusalem. God is never going to abandon his temple. Uh, God is just going to, we're going to be here for a little while, and then we're going to go back to Jerusalem and, and be rejoined with the people there. But he, God was telling Ezekiel to tell them that's not so. Ezekiel was talking to them about the people in Jerusalem. And he was saying, they are going to be either killed or go into exile like you are. There's, there's not going to be a return to Jerusalem for you. Ezekiel's message was, listen to what God is saying. Don't close your ears. Don't close your eyes to what God is saying. The people had a hard heart, though. They weren't listening. Their, their minds were made up. They were listening to false prophets that were saying, oh, God wouldn't do this. God won't destroy his temple. God won't uh, send the rest of you into exile. Their minds were made up, and he was trying, God was trying through Ezekiel to get them to change their minds. Open my eyes, open my ears, and the last part is open my heart. You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? <clears throat> they even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. This was Stephen talking to the Jewish leaders and accusing them that they killed the Messiah. They killed the Son of God. And he says, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. The idea of circumcision in the Old Testament and in the New was a symbol of commitment to God, committing to his service. <clears throat> in the Old Testament, it was a putting off of a piece of flesh. In the New Testament, and also in the Old, God talked about circumcision of the heart, it was the same idea of committing to God and removing the fleshly part, removing the part that wants what this flesh wants and opening up that heart to God. That was the idea of circumcision. Therefore say... This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will gather you from the nations and bring you back from the countries where you've been scattered. And I will give you back the land of Israel again. 
They will return to, the, return to it and remove all the vile images and detestable idols. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. Again, this is Ezekiel talking to the people uh, in Babylon. And he's saying, yes, you're going to be in Babylon for a while. But God is still watching over you. God is still taking care of you. And God said, I will return Israel. I will bring Israel back to this promised return. And he said, these people who come back will have an undivided heart. <clears throat> a heart not divided between God and other things. Whether it be uh, false gods, whether it be other things that they were uh, wanting to do. He says, I'm going to give you an undivided heart. I'm going to take out your heart of stone, your heart that, that, that can't be convinced, that can't be changed, unyielding and calloused. I'm going to take that heart out and give them a heart of flesh, a heart that's soft and pliable and able to be shaped by God. God wants us to be shaped by him and have a heart that's willing to say, I want to do what you want me to do. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Like these good figs, I regard as good the exiles from Judah, whom I sent away from the place to the land of the Babylonians. My eyes will watch over them for their good, and I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord and that they will be my people, and I will be their God and they will return to me with all their heart. This is Jeremiah who was preaching at the same time as Ezekiel, but he was in, still in Jerusalem, preaching to the people who were still in Jerusalem. And he says, even in exile, even those people who were in exile, he said, I'm still watching over them. The purpose of the exile was to teach them God's will, was to tell them, you need to be different. You were doing wrong things, and this was your punishment, but I'm still watching over you. I still want you. I still love you. He's going to give them a heart that wants to know God, to return with all their heart and not just part of their heart. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house, and she persuaded us. <clears throat> Lydia was a worshiper of God. In other words, she, she wasn't converted to Judaism, but she believed in God. She, she may have even went to the temple periodically 
in the outer courts of the temple where, where non-Jews were allowed and, and worshipped. There were a lot of talk about worshipers or God-fearers is one of the ways it was put in the New Testament. These people believed in God but weren't, weren't Jews. So she wanted to know about God. She was seeking. She had not closed her heart. If we listen and want to hear, then God will open our hearts. God will talk to us and show us what he wants. As I close out, <clears throat> I want to read the song again that I read first. Open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Place in my hands the wonderful key that shall unclasp and set me free. Open my ears that I may hear voices of truth thou sendest clear. And while the wave notes fall on my ear, everything false will disappear. Open my mouth and let me bear gladly the warm truth everywhere. Open my heart and let me prepare love with thy children thus to share. Silently now I wait for thee. Ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my eyes, open my ears, open my heart, illumine me, spirit divine. So as we think, are we ready to see the truth? Are we ready to see what God really wants us to do with our lives, really wants us, how he wants us to follow him? Or have we made up our minds that this is all I'm doing, this is, I'm good, nothing else is needed? Are we ready to see what God wants in us? Are we ready to hear what God is wanting to tell us? Are we ready to hear God's will for our lives and where he wants us to go and what he wants us to do? And are we ready to open our heart to God's love? God loves us. God loves every one of us. And I truly believe that, that he guides our lives if we allow him, if we want him to guide our lives. I believe it 100%. So this morning, as I offer the invitation to you, if, if you've been stagnant, if you've not been following God, if you've, if you've decided I've been doing enough and you want to be different, you have the opportunity to come. The, the elders will pray for you and, and we'll all help you to see what, what God has in mind for your life. If you've never confessed Jesus and been baptized in him, that's the way to start. That's what my, one of my hang-ups was when, when I was doing it. In the denominational church where, uh, where I was going, I'd been sprinkled. I didn't know that there was anything different. But if we've not been baptized, if you've not been baptized, you need that. That's the way to start. That's how we put on Christ. We put on Christ in baptism. So if you have any need this morning, we ask you to come now as we stand and sing. Walking in sunlight all of my journey over the mountains through the
This morning, if you're visiting with us, we would uh, ask that you would come back anytime that you can. We enjoy having visitors. Uh, if you're online, we're, we're glad that you're visiting us that way. In the uh, bulletin this morning, there's just all kinds, of, uh, all kinds of information. And you remember when we started talking about VBS uh, about eight weeks ago or so, and it's already come and gone. That's how fast it happens. Um, but I don't, have any, um, I don't have any updates on any of the sick, but just take time to read down through that list and remember, uh, remember these people in your prayers. Um, and we have camp week July 9th through the 14th at Howes Mills. Be here before we even blink our eyes. Sunshine Day Camp July 10th through the 13th, and all the information is in there. Um, cancer support group uh, that begins on that's tomorrow right right okay June 26 6 p.m. and PJ Glowder and Jamie Shy will be uh, hosting that it's in person or zoom and the zoom link is there in the bulletin uh, the American Red Cross conducting a blood drive here at Sunshine on August the 15th and all the uh, the information times and phone numbers are all listed there June item in, uh, for Midwestern Children's Home is shampoo and conditioner. There will be an informational meeting for the backpack giveaway July 2nd after Sunday AM services. And Sunday, July 2nd will also be the last chance to have uh, K-12 
Caitlin, take your picture for the new, new Sunshine directory. And then July 29th uh, is the free sale here at the building. Uh, one, one addition to her prayer list, uh, Sharon Gamp is having knee replacement surgery on Tuesday morning and welcomes your prayers. So let's remember Sharon in our prayers. Uh, and we're going to have a um, VBS video uh, after, after we say the closing prayer, if you just stay seated, uh, we're gonna run the VBS video and I know you'll enjoy it. Uh, I came out four, four nights of VBS just to observe and it was, it was really, it was really something. And I just wanna, I wanna thank all the people who volunteered their time um, that taught, uh, that made the, uh, the crafts. You'll get to see some of the pictures of some of the, uh, some of the things that were built here. They're pretty phenomenal, really. They're uh, really, really stand out. I want to read from Ephesians chapter four and start at verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Would you bow with me? Father, we're thankful for the day you've blessed us with. Uh, we're thankful for the message that we've heard. We're thankful, Father, for your son who gave his life for us, Father, uh, that we can be cleansed, that we can be forgiven, and that we can stand, Father, on the day of judgment. And Father, we pray for uh, everyone who participated in VBS. Father, we give you thanks for them. Uh, we give you thanks for the time that we had with the children. And Father, we just <clears throat> thank you the most for your son Jesus as he gave his life for us, for your Holy Spirit, for your angels, and your word and your church. Help us to use the rest of this day wisely. We love you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
ice in the city might be more than pretty pretty that freaky shine might be more than meets the eye anytime you see the sparkle in the dark you might look deeper deeper it might be more than simply fear yo that smile might be joy that's connected to the spirit the spirit might be contagious if you dare you dare come near it i remember can't forget peace that you can't second guess sparkle as the light reflects we write and pay it forward checks Light shine bright everywhere we go Music for the people to illuminate the soul Light shine bright everywhere we go Music for the people making music for the people Light shine bright everywhere we go Music for the people to illuminate the soul Light shine bright everywhere we go Music for the people Jesus music for the people
Stop your feet like that, and let's clap together. That's it. Keep it going. Let's sing this little light of mine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. All right, keep clapping now. Sounds good. Huh. Everywhere I go, everywhere I go, I'm gonna let it shine. Yes, everywhere I go, I'm gonna let it shine. Everywhere I go, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine. That sounds so good. That's called clapping on the back feet. All right, sing this real quiet with me now. Even when I'm afraid, I'm gonna let it shine. Even when I'm afraid, I'm gonna let it shine. Yes, even when I'm afraid, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. 